What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new year, a brand new episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, formerly John's Entitled Podcast. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing this pre-New Year's Eve Eve? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I just got done recording a really big episode for my other podcast, and uh, now I'm recording an equally big episode for this podcast. For a lot of you guys listening... You know, this is the might be your first exposure to brutally speaking, and for that, we are really happy to have you guys here. Um, we ran a pretty cool campaign last week to uh rebrand the podcast, and so anybody that's listening, we're like really stoked that you guys are here, and uh, hopefully, we will be entertaining to you uh, <laughs> as the official podcast of metalnexus.net. So um, is... If you're signed in for that, you know we're we're gonna do our best for you guys. And that is out. right. We are the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, where you can go and get all of your interviews, reviews, music news, and so forth. So head on over to Metal Nexus and check out all of the going ons over there. And uh, something that Dan and I had kind of talked about, uh, we have a handful of guests that are kind of in limbo at this point as uh, to coming on the podcast. Uh, Unfortunately, this is the time of year where the industry kind of shuts down until, you know, the holidays are over. Um, but we kind of thought it would be a good opportunity with that rebrand that Dan was talking about to take advantage of all of the new people who probably had never heard of the podcast previously, hadn't really listened to any of the episodes that we had done. And I have noticed in the last week or so of the rebrand of a lot of people coming on to the Facebook page and so forth, uh, I am noticing a, a pretty big spike in, in back episodes. Uh, so Dan and I thought this would be a really great opportunity to look at our year as the podcast and kind of go over a top 10 list of the uh, biggest episodes um, as far as downloads and maybe the stories that they you know were made from those. And I think that also will give everyone kind of an easy cherry picking, like I'll go listen to those 10 episodes and kind of get an idea of what the podcast was about. And maybe you'll have heard some of the stories or content that was spurned from those conversations. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you guys grab something out of it. If not, we're going to do better. <laughs> it's only going to get better from here on out. Not that it was bad before. It was mediocre before. Nah, you're nah. selling yourself short. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, I, I do have a list literally from top to bottom. Uh, but I think it'll be kind of fun just to go out of order just because uh, there were some of these that, you know, were pre-dating Dan by a little bit. Uh, definitely some that Dan kind of was on board for. So I'm going to start with one that was basically the catalyst for Dan coming on to be a co-host uh, on the podcast was the Hopes Fall episode with Adam Morgan. Uh, that did really well, surprisingly. Um, there was not really any hype around it. It was basically, I think Arbiter had been announced that it was coming out, but I don't think there was like any music really off of it, and there wasn't really a whole lot known as to what was going to be going on with the band. I think H.A. Uh, Wallace Space Academy was out. Okay. I think that was the only single that was released. We couldn't even get an advanced copy of that record because we we tried. <laughs> no, we tried really hard. I was like, dude, just just send me the just send me the test press. 
Yeah. And that's <laughs> send it to me. And then John's like, no, send it to me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Send it to me. Clearly, I'm the guy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we didn't get we didn't get that. So, uh, you know, we'll keep pestering and, you know, maybe we'll get that someday. Yeah, that was a really fun one, though. That was one where I knew, you know, Adam being a big vinyl collector, I really wanted to have uh, him on and talk to him. And, and truth be told, and I think I even talked about it quite a bit in the episode, but I didn't know he was in Hope Small. I didn't know he was in a band. I didn't know anything about him, really. I just knew he had, like, all this sweet vinyl, and he was a big-time vinyl collector and pretty big in the uh, Instagram vinyl collecting community and we had been online friends for a little while and then it just kind of was like this thing where, well, I want to talk to you about vinyl and then, well, why not kind of take a deep dive on Hope's Fall? And uh, if anyone has ever listened to discography discussion, other than Zayo, I would say Hope's Fall is probably Dan's like other big band that he gushes over all the time. Yeah, man. I, I really um, loved Hope's Fall and really enjoyed doing that interview because, you know, I really wasn't like part of the show yet, you know, um, John and I were just friends uh, through our through our mutual podcasts, and you know, I, it was a really fun opportunity to kind of be like, well, you know, I could interview somebody, and you know, really do like an in depth like Q and A type of thing. And Adam was generous enough to give us a lot of his time, yes, uh, for that interview because I mean, a lot of our interviews are a little bit shorter. You know, musicians have a lot of stuff on their plate and they have a lot going on, but uh, Adam was kind enough to to spend his evening with us. And uh, we had a few beers, and we had a great conversation, and he answered a lot of questions that I had always had about the band. You know, even being a super fan, there were things that I didn't know or didn't really have uh, his perspective on them. So, yeah, that was that's a really good pick, John, and it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, not just for the superficial reason of, like, it was the first <laughs> episode I was on, uh, but, you know, it definitely was, like, my uh, my resume uh, for, where, for where I'm at now. It was uh, it was a really good one, and that was definitely one where I kind of let Dan take the reins. And it was uh, it was a really good one, and, and one that really kind of I think helped give us, like we said, uh, a good feeling out for each other. Uh, we worked really well, and obviously I think that just kind of spoke to the the ease of bringing you in and really kind of making me like, well, I guess this is how good this could be, which is uh, you know having someone else to bounce you know the intros and so forth off of and all of that. So. Um, Kind of moving along to another interesting one. Uh, some of these, you know, the stories that happened from them or the just the interview itself, uh, a lot of these, and honestly, the podcast as a whole, and I hope it really does continue into the new year, and I don't see why it wouldn't, is just the the unexpected nature that happens uh, from these interviews. And I'm going to go to uh, the Chariot episode with uh, Keller Harbin from Holy Gold. And... Uh, Oh yeah, was that was one. that was another one where I honestly didn't really have much I was expecting to come from it. Um, I didn't know how open Keller was going to be. I didn't know how much time he was going to give me, and the fact that it was an almost two hour long conversation, uh, and Keller really opened up during that conversation. I think kind of really speaks to uh, this weird intangible everyone talks about that I have, where I can get people to open up and just kind of talk at length about something that they haven't before. Yeah, I mean, I, I ran into him, uh, Keller, at uh, a show that he was playing with Zayo. I mean, huge shocker there. Uh, I drove <laughs> I drove five hours to, to Tennessee to see Zayo play, and uh, Holy and Gold was opening for Zayo. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed their set, and I went and talked to him uh, after, the, after the show. And, you know, he, he was telling me about, you know, when he was on the podcast, and he was just like, you know, well, 
he goes, it's the weirdest thing. He's like, I was just talking to the dude and before I knew it, like two hours had gone by and I felt like I was just talking to an old friend, you know, I wasn't talking to just some person that I'd been texting or, or whatever. And, uh, and that was kind of like, for me, one of those, like, that's the kind of show that I want to be a part of is, is that kind of just dudes just sitting there having beers talking. And, uh, you know, luckily we've, you know, even if it doesn't always feel that way with the guests, it definitely feels that way with like just John and I talking, you know, um, that's typically what's going on <laughs> on every episode. It's <laughs> uh, why we, you know, why we kind of took the step to focus the show, um, at least partially on, you know, like, well, what are we drinking? What are we, you know, what are we having? It's like showing up at the bar to have that conversation, but also you have to have a conversation about what you're going to drink while you're having that talk. Right. Yeah, that was, and you know, the pseudo unfortunate thing, I guess, from that one was uh, a little bit of the fallout involving the reason Keller and the other person, I can't remember who his name off the top of my head, were, uh, had to leave the chariot. Um, so, I mean, a lot of, I don't think a lot of places ran it, but, uh, you know, I think that was one that made the PRP and was kind of one of those that when you see it in a headline, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> but it's like when yeah, you... it was a hot button. Yeah. Uh, sure and it's like when you hear it in the context of how it actually was said it it wasn't quite as uh damning for lack of you know no pun intended or whatever but it was also one of those things where i think like the thing i enjoy about podcasts and i enjoy about the people who are willing to do this with me is people who are willing to be honest and sincere about you know how they felt about something and you know like i said in that episode it's like you know i've never i've never had something that i started be taken away and called like put to rest without my say so and or my involvement in any of it. It would be like, you know, if two, three years down the road, Dan's like, well, I now run this podcast. It's my podcast. And I decided that I'm putting it down. And it's like, it was my thing. <laughs> like, how the right, fuck are you going right. to tell? How are you going to call it a day when I had nothing to do with its demise or its end? Like, that's just, I don't know. It's very weird. So well, I'll and, just tell you that. I'll just tell you that Jesus told me you know, that we need to lay it down. And by we, I mean me, because it's, it's all about me, really. I think, uh, I think that's as good of a segue as any into, uh, I'll say like our number seven episode of the year. Uh, and one that is still getting a lot of downloads because of how wide it got shared. Uh, Greg Trebet from Audiotopsy, Mudvayne, hell yeah. That was yeah. one I had no clue what really to expect. Um, truth be told, you know, with some of these interviews, I get the caveat of, like, don't talk about X, Y, or Z. Uh, Dan has even been privy to an email I got uh, a little while ago where it basically said no provocative <laughs> no provocative topics. Um, right, nothing clickbaity, you know, don't, yeah. don't go on these, yeah. Um, and so it was kind of amusing is, you know, in the, the preface to setting up the interview, um, and full disclosure, it wasn't really an interview I wanted. I, I'm not a super big fan of the band, but also in doing this, I've kind of tried to learn to be more open to different bands and interviews of people I may not know because, you know, everyone's got an interesting, interesting story. And if I just take a little bit of time to do some research and find something that I can talk to this person about, uh, maybe some cool stuff will happen. Um the thing too, and the caveat, you know, if you haven't listened to it or you've seen the thing of, you know, the whole Mudvayne uh, reunion things, not gonna or it's gonna take more time, whatever the exact phrase was. Um, the thing about that was, is 
I mean, you, it's hard to talk about a band that is basically a super group between consisting of members of Scrape and uh, Mudvayne. Mudvayne. I mean, you have half of each band, basically. And if you go back and listen, I was very thorough in always saying Scrape and Mudvayne. Like, is it unfair that people still, even now with a second record in, that you get unfairly, pro- probably unfairly compared to Scrape and Mudvayne? I always put Scrape first. I always threw them in there because that's, I thought, the most fair way to ask that question. Because there is another band and another band set of fans that are also chiming in. And so for Greg to kind of, I mean, more or less fly off the handle at that question, it was like, Jesus. It was yeah. like, I, I wasn't expecting you to get all butthurt about it. But on the same token, it's like, I guess I guess that question probably has been asked a, a bunch to him, maybe a varying, varying levels of different ways. But um, I was really shocked. And I think it goes to see, it goes to exactly what I said in that interview, which is, but isn't it great to see such loyal support from Mudvayne fans that they still want to fucking see you guys come back all these years, like yeah. 10 years later. And that thing just fucking blew up. It still is blowing up. Like it probably gets about, you know, 50, 60 downloads a week at least. And that story hasn't been relevant in a long time. Yeah. I mean, his reaction to it was so extreme. I mean, he didn't like, you know, tell John to fuck off or anything, but like it was, definitely one of those questions that like if you don't ask it you're ignoring the 800 pound gorilla in the room you know and i think that his reaction was very indicative i mean that that, that might have made or break made or broke some fans you know like as far as like whether or not they care necessarily about the fans which i mean <laughs> he he backtracked on that a little bit you know yeah uh, later on, but like it, it still, you know, was very like, well, don't expect it anytime soon, right? Fuckers, you know, <laughs> like, it was definitely in there, and uh, yeah, that was that was one of the most interesting, you know, that was one of the one of the interviews that I unfortunately wasn't able to be on, but you know, like listening back to it, I remember, you know, thinking like, oh my god, like this. <laughs> This is going to blow up, and I don't. And I think that the way he answered the question was kind of in a way to try to avoid that, to yes. like keep that from happening. Yeah. But I mean, like the damage was done. It's like if you if you just say like, "Hey, if you're waiting for a mud rain re- reunion, you're not going to fucking get it." Yeah. You know, and that just that blew my mind. But uh, definitely was one of the bigger episodes for us just because of that reaction alone. Speaking to probably the biggest reaction as far as the widespread news making of this thing and an episode that actually dan was on was uh our joey, Ch- gonzalez. joey gonzalez of uh yep. super joint and of uh, philip h on some the illegals yeah um that was a really fun one like i know you know admittedly dan's not a pantera or phil and band whatever insert whatever band supporter and you know has been pretty staunch about it on discography discussion um even to the detriment of toomey's mental like capacity of ex- accepting that someone could not like pantera right. um so yeah so it was really we'll interesting it, <laughs> it was very interesting to me to uh to have dan be a part of this and i know right away like you know we start the interview and he had van issues like the day before and he's in the middle of you know some nowhere town i forget where and you know 
spoiler alert, breaking kayfabe here, um, Dan and I usually have like a Facebook Messenger app open or something like that, so we can talk to each other just in the event that maybe our Skype connection delays and we don't like step on each other or whatever. Like it's like, right. okay, hey, you go with this question, whatever. So in that, almost immediate, Dan Dan was like sent me a message. He's like, oh, this is gonna go so easy. Like it's like a good old boy. Like I can easily talk to these guys. Like this is gonna be great. And again, yeah. kind of more to you know some of these other interviews we've already talked about. You know, Joey was super gracious with his time. Um, I think he, we talked for like an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, he was getting he was getting car work done, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I mean, you know, obviously we all know how long that ends up taking. It's usually <laughs> two hours after they say it's gonna take, you know. Right. But uh, no, I remember like jumping into that conversation and being a little bit nervous at first because like I have talked some like mad shit on Pantera and on on Philip H. Anselmo, you know, especially. And so I, I didn't really know how it was going to go. Yeah. You know, because, you know, obviously like I'm a human being, I'm an adult. I'm not going to like throw out all my fucking misconceptions about, about this artist, because like at the end of the day, we're still there to interview him and find out what's going on, you know, with that band and everything. So it's like, you know, I'm going to keep it really professional I'm not going to ask anything that's going to be, you know, super controversial. And then I said, and, hold my beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then John went and did his thing. And, you know, because, I mean, I, if you listen back to the interview, like, all of my questions are, like, really vanilla, you know, like, as far as, you know, like, well, what what's the set list look like for Phil and Somo and the Illegals, you know? Are you guys playing some Pantera tunes or are you guys playing, you know? Uh, some super joint stuff or like what well, I don't remember exactly what it was I asked but like you know but then like after talking to him for a while and then John after you asked your question about you know do you think that you, you know do, what do you think about how people react to this whole dime bash thing and and the reaction that he gave you know was uh w- was fantastic and actually helped me out a lot as far as like my perspective on Phil and on Pantera and on, you know, the dime bash events and all that, you know, like it actually was really good for me, somebody that was kind of more of a hater when we started the conversation. And I remember getting off the phone and being like, I like that dude. Right. Like, I don't, I, he was great to talk to. We actually, you know, like in listening to the album, um, this was one of the cool cases where we got to listen to the album I think it was already out already, but like yeah. through the whole thing and and uh, I I you know read the lyrics as I typically do and you know I was like you know I think this one's okay like I kind of liked it it was a harder style um, for Phil you know it wasn't like stoner rock or it was definitely more of like in the grind almost death metal type of sound and that's a lot more up my alley and so we ended up talking a lot about like the lyrical themes behind the albums. And that the album, that's what really upset me was that, like, when that interview broke, like, we released it, and it got picked up by all these news sites, and all they wanted to talk about was, like, the Dime Bash event and, you know, what Phil said and, and how, you know, how, you know, Joey was, like, defending him and all that. And I was like, fuck, but, like, if you listen to the interview, it was actually, like, a really good interview. Right. And we talked about a lot of really cool stuff, like other than that, and uh, so it's just kind of funny how like the the news outlets kind of grab something and just kind of hold on to it like that. <laughs> yeah, and, that was 
Yeah, that was. I think that was one of the first episodes since Dan had come on that really just took off like that. Um, to where like you know he's sending me like, oh, I found it here. Or, hey, I found it here. Or, I'm going like, yo, did you read this comment? Um, yeah, it was for like a couple of weeks after it had released. You know, yeah. it was a long time, and even now we're still finding stuff that we missed during the first sweep through. You know. Yeah, when checking the stats, just kind of like I said uh, in the beginning of the episode of, you know, a lot of you, but, you know, going back through and listening to old episodes, uh, you know, I saw, because I can see where the clicks are coming from, from which website, so on and so forth, and I saw something that just said Kerrang.com, and I was like, Kerrang, I was like, I haven't made anything on Kerrang, and so I clicked the link, and sure as shit, apparently that story made it all the way to Kerrang Magazine, so we went international with that. And that was well, huge. Something, that, something that I thought was funny, too, is at the bottom of that Kerrang! article, it says <laughs> Blabbermouth.com was kind enough to uh, to pull the like to transcript the audio so that we didn't have to. The, the kind of crazy thing about that, that one, you know, just having the legs on it was that was actually one of the first times I'd, I'd technically gotten in trouble. Um we got an email the next day that basically oh, was yeah. like, can you take F- Phil's name off of this? Uh, I was getting text messages from some of the guys on tour uh, that apparently the, the the whole tour was up in arms uh, and caused for some really shitty couple hours, uh, basically dealing with the the backdraft of a uh, backdraft. Is that what I mean to say? Backlash. Well, yeah, like the backlash of, uh, yeah. of that, that thing. And it's kind of one of those things where – you know, within 24 hours or so, or not even of of everything going, it turns into this thing where it's like, well, can you take his name off? And it's like, well, if you ever look at any of the episodes, I always have the person's name and the band that they're in, or the few bands the they're in. The band. yeah. And unfortunately, it's not my fault that Phil put his whole fucking name on a band. <laughs> so it's like, okay. And then the other thing, too, that I kind of want to go back to is just like, okay, so I, I take his name off. Does that doesn't take away any of the headlines that have already been made. So, well, yeah, and like, I mean, my whole issue with it was, you know, like objectively, it doesn't do anything other than paint Philip H. as like a positive figure. Uh, yeah, I agree. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, he wasn't like, oh my god, Phil's a dick. It's all true. He treats me. He treats me like shit because I'm like I'm a minority or what like We actually got confirmation from from Joey that he sent a text and was like, Oh, Phil saw this and you know, thanked me as in Joey and then wanted to thank you two for getting the real story out there, the real news out there from someone that knows yeah. him and is associated with him. So it was just it was it was so weird. That was just you know what like I said, seeing Kerrang run it and just kinda of seeing the comments that popped up from that. You know, it's you know, my my year's done, and a lot of some of these interviews, I completely forgot how long or how old they were. It it just is yeah. like it's like as soon as the interview's done and we get it posted, it's like on to the next one. You kind of forget. Um, so it's been kind of weird. And going back and preparing this list, it's like I kind of have forgotten all of the 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 controversy we'll say surrounding this episode. Like it it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah and like Joey was totally cool with us, and like. I think he even tried sending us like tickets to a show. Yeah, yeah, know, I, like, I just, I know, yeah, I felt really bad, so I didn't want to go. It, yeah, I couldn't make it unfortunately, but I was, I was thinking about going, but I, I don't remember what it was. Like I had to work late or something, something, uh, yeah. or something like that. But like I was actually planning on going for a little while, 
And because, uh, yeah, I think it was like a guest list kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, all I would have had to do was show up and give my name or whatever, which would be like so weird. Right. Like <laughs> I, I wanted to go. I wanted to go to the show just so I could text to me and be all like, I'm on Philip H. And it's almost guest list, you know, like <laughs> you know, um, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, like I, I'm kind of bummed I didn't get to go because I, I wanted to I wanted to meet Joey and shoot the shit with him, you know, for a little while. And yeah. um and if they roll back into town, I'm definitely going to do that, you know, because uh, he was a cool dude and I really enjoyed talking to him like way more than I thought. Because like when you told me like, oh, we're going to talk to him and, you know, you need to be on your best behavior and all that shit, you know, <laughs> and all that. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, no promises, but I'll do my best, you know, yeah. and, uh, and then it ended up being a really great conversation. And that's what I took away from it, you know, like beyond all the converse, but beyond all the controversy behind his answer to one question like i away from that being like that was a really good chat with a dude that i probably wouldn't have talked to you know any other way right yeah i think another <clears throat> i think another one that was really interesting too and definitely speaking of controversy um <laughs> is my episode with brandon chapetia bleeding through yeah jesus christ did that one just go that was before me but that was a great fucking episode, dude. That was one where, and the crazy thing is, is like you know that that was really the the very beginning of me trying not to really have a lot of questions written down and just kind of seeing like if something pops up, then it's like okay, like I, I guess let's just go there. And so you know something had kind of occurred to me as as we're talking, and I'm like you know you've been around, you've been gone for a while, the band that is. And at this point, you know, they're getting ready to have just put out their new record. And I, I got to give it to the Bleeding Through Camp, like, and their publicity team. They had staggered all their interviews and so forth that it seemed like the month leading up to it, there was something every other day that was getting national headlines. And the other thing is, too, though, is that, you know, I saw a, on our, my, whatever, uh, episode specifically the news that it made of you know him him basically saying bands learned how to or producers and everyone learned how to polish a turd and that it, it's taking you know the old school bands to come back because you know the question i had asked him was you know in light of at that point i had just gone to see uh 18 visions play in la um atreyu had already come back and we're working on a second the second record that was coming out since their return you know you, and walls of jericho had come back like you were starting to see a lot of these older bands coming back and i was like you know as someone who owns a gym and probably plays a lot of heavy metal and stuff like that for the people to get pumped up. It's like, what were you listening to that made you really want to be like, yo, like I need to get back into this. And for him to be like, it wasn't so much of the things that made me want to get back into it. It was the bullshit I was hearing that made me upset. That made me want to come back and show people how it needed to be done. And so like at that point, it's like, I was totally expecting him to be like, oh, man, it was Code Orange forever. Like, that record it fucking slams or, yeah. you know, the Knocked Loose record that came out like two years ago. Or, you know, I was expecting it to go there and him to shine some good, like, you know, put, you know, pop, put over some of the younger bands. But instead, he basically shit on, like, everybody. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. And, and like, I don't disagree with him at all. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was the thing I loved about it because I was like, no, he's right. Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that was one where I just it was like, as it was happening, I, I remember just being like, "Wow, that was that was something." <laughs> that was eye opening. Yeah, like, yeah. No, it was a great interview, man, and like one of the better ones because I know he did a lot of interviews with a, a lot of other podcasts, mm-hmm. and that one was like the least vanilla. 
you know, out of out of all of them is he just really was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, people people are how to polish a turd, you know, like people don't work for it, you know, and like that's all stuff that like we want to hear from somebody. And to and to hear it from him, you know, like with bleeding through and being a band that I listened to, you know, for so long when I was younger, that like it just totally made sense and I appreciated his honesty like a hundred percent. Yeah, it was one of those two, and what the comment I started to make a minute ago was that in someone made a comment that it was like, man, I really hate these interviews. You can tell that you know everyone just asked the same thing. You can tell they were all done back to you know very short amount of time from each other because everyone's asking the same questions. And honestly, as someone who, I mean, part of that is true <laughs> because they made it. I think the the person who made that comment made it seem like it was a thing of like, oh, well, I heard like we'll use Toomey example as the example. So, oh, well, I heard him on Toomey's thing, so this guy must have heard the things he said and just basically asked the same questions. And it's like, no, like when that dude like Brandon's doing I think if I remember correctly, he had he was doing like a 7-hour block of press or something like that yeah. or 5 hours, 30-minute interviews like back to back to back to back to back just stacked up one after another. So it's like I'm sure his answers do become somewhat similar. And, you know, I, I've always said that, like, Toomey and I are pretty in tune with each other. Like, we we, add, we think a lot alike in the way that we approach some of our questions. And, well, yeah. And, and so... Same guests, you guys. Yeah. Kind of conference to make sure you're not stepping on each other's toes. No, yeah. And so it was one of those where, like, when people are like, oh, you can tell, like, you know, these la- these reporters get lazy and they just ask the same questions. And it's like, how about you go into a 30 minute interview with someone you've never talked to and know that they have press on either end of you for the next few hours. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to, however clever you may think you are, you're going to run into some of the same fucking questions unless you're going to ask about TV series. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. That's a fucking deep cut right there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's probably one of my favorites of the, of this year. Just a, a random oh, joke yeah. between Dan and I, um, yeah. We, we, we'll explain that later on. Yes. Um, another fun one that Dan was a part of, though, uh, actually, was uh, my interview, our interview with uh, Blasco. Oh, yeah, dude. That was that was one of my first uh, episodes, like one of my first interviews. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a ton of fun. I mean, it was super short and quick. And, you know, the funny thing is, is like the prepper, I think Dan kind of got an, a, a very crash course in how I maybe overly prepare. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no shit. Here's all the questions questions I have. You got anything other than that? And I was like, well, a lot of the shit that I was going to ask is just what you're going to ask anyway. But, like, it, I have never, like, I mean, like, on my other podcast, like, I cram shit really fast a lot of the time. But, like, this was a whole different, a whole different level, a whole new level. Right. And, uh, (laughs) you know, like, he's like, you know, Blasco, because I knew Blasco from, uh, you know, he he was in Ozzy Osbourne's band. He is still in Ozzy Osbourne's band, as far as I know. Yep. I don't know how it works with it being the last tour or whatever, but like uh, in Ozzy Osbourne's band, and then um, he was in uh, Cryptic Slaughter, uh, I believe. And like, I, so I knew him from that. But like, John's like, no, 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 you gotta. And like, he does the, obviously the 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 manage uh, managemental podcast, and. Um, so I knew him from that too, but like, 
He's like, no, he has a new podcast where he, all he does is talk to industry insiders. <laughs> and you need to listen to like every episode of it. All 10 of them. Because it was released all at once. And I listened to all of it in like two days Yep. Uh, before this interview. <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely a crash course in like, holy shit, I got to get like up on my game on this stuff. And uh, it turned out great because like, again, you know, it's so much easier for us when we're talking to another podcaster. Yes. Cause like they get it like a hundred percent, you know, if there's anything like rough around the edges or whatever, like, you know, they'll, they'll kind of, kind of roll with it. But I didn't feel like that was the case either. And some of the answers that he gave were, uh, were pretty cool. Um, and, and really honest. And that's what I appreciated about it the most. I think the two things that I thought were interesting, one of them obviously being the one that made the, the news, uh, I think for blabbermouth. Um, you know, at that point, Dan and I had recently, and the rest of the discography discussion guys, had gotten into the four-hour-long discussion about Esley Dying's career, uh, oh, or yeah. a discography discussion. And so it, it was really weird, the timing of all of this, where basically we did this interview. Dan let me pick a band I wanted to talk about. Um, and for some reason, I just kind of was like, oh, Esley Dying. Like, I know they have a decent discography that you can kind of go on le- at length about. And, you know, there's progression. It changes and, and so on and so forth. Like, it should be a pretty fun, interesting chat. Yeah, um, it was perfect. It was perfect for that show. Yes. So what we didn't know... Uh, but it is very much how things happen in my life, actually. Uh, within a week of you guys posting that? Dude, it was like a couple of days. Okay, that's like, what I th- I was going to give dude, us the benefit of the fucking, doubt. but My fucking socials blew up in a way that they have <laughs> never blown up before. Like we, we posted that episode, and then, like, I swear to God, like a couple of days later, it was Here like... Here comes this 30-second teaser. Because we, we must have gone on for, like at least an hour about what if the actual SLA dying, like the actual members, everybody that was (laughs) on the last album, what if it was all forgiven? They had gotten in contact with Tim and decided (laughs) to bang out an album. And I remember being like staunchly like, no, it'll never fucking happen. And the weird happened. And we went back and forth on it forever on that episode. And then a, a teaser posts and we're like and i remember like it was the craziest thing like our listener like the discography discussion listeners uh and i love every single one of you guys if you're listening to this um for for doing this for doing the legwork like they were matching up people's fucking (laughs) tattoos and stuff like to figure out like guitars yeah and their guitars and just everything and they're like guys i think I think this is actually like a legit Azalea dying, you know, thing. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know what to think. And then the single dropped, you know, like there were all these leaks online of like the whole song. And, you know, you had Tim, Tim singing on it. And like it was this huge fucking thing. And I I remember being like, oh, my God, like this is the first time my podcast has ever been like relevant, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) ever. And uh that shit posts and then like you know it wasn't very long after that that i had joined on uh for for john's podcast and he's like we're gonna interview blasco well then right right before that the explanation video dropped so there's like to kind of get the timeline and and the proper perspective um 
So yeah, so then the Blasco thing goes on, and you know the thing. And sorry to cut Dan off. Um, no, the thing fine. about the the Blasco interview <laughs> is uh, is you know I also and if you go back and listen to any of these interviews, I've I try to talk about the thing everyone kind of expects you to talk about, like the the thing. Um, but I also try to find other things to talk about within that that maybe not everyone else is going to hit on. So. You know, with knowing that Blasco is a man, a band manager, has, you know, experience doing that. That's what the Managemental podcast kind of covers uh, between him and Mike uh, Mowry of Outer Loop Management and so forth. You know, I kind of was like, oh, I'm going to ask him how he feels about this Leslie Dying thing because he had Brian Slagle on in the Managemental podcast. Or, I'm sorry, the uh, A New Level podcast. Yeah. And it's just there's there's too much circling itself where it's like, how do you – like? Because Dan and I were having these questions just between the two of us where it's like, okay, as a manager, how would you handle this? How do you handle this as a manager, as a as a record label, as a, a firm? Like, just, there's just so much to this that's never really been seen or been gone through. And so I was like, dude, we've got to we've got to ask Blasco because like how like because, you know, we we're spending <laughs> we spent an hour and a half on your podcast talking about the what ifs and how how things would shake out. Then we spend another thirty minutes following the 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 footage leaking. Then you and I spent countless hours going back and forth between well, is there if they do a, a tour, will anyone go? Are they going to go back to Metal Blade? Would anyone sign them? Like how does this how does this look? How does this work? And it was one of those. I was like, dude, we've got to ask Blasco because like that's just it, it's so. Our three, two to three weeks was just so all, all encompassing as lay dying stuff. So it was just like we, I was like, dude, I'll ask like if you if you don't want to, but yeah, I, I, I just got it. Real gun shy on that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I just I gotta know. And the interesting thing was like, you know, once again, Blasco was very forthcoming and honest, although he was a little trepidatious of just being like, well, you know, um, well, I just I wouldn't be in that situation, <laughs> and you know, yeah. She, and that was great. I mean, that was such a great window into like how industry insiders probably do look at situations like this, you know. And it's so funny because like even after that, it became even more cemented that Azalea Dying is a band that's back they're and is killing it right now. No pun intended. Thing. Yeah, they're selling out shows. They're doing. They're doing all the shit that I said was never going to happen. <laughs> and I think I was championing that it would. Episode. And yeah, I mean, it was it was perfect. And uh, to have that, to have his perspective on it as well was really great. Um, I enjoyed the rest of the conversation quite a bit, too. You know, where oh, we yeah. talked a lot about um, some other things that were kind of pertinent too, like, you know, like celebrities or, or rock stars, you know, specifically for music. You know, like how those people had basically, you know, they would just say anything on social media. And there was a time where that was like safe. Yeah. And it was like, well, no, now it's not safe at all. It's like, if you say anything, you're kind of fucked, you know, like, and uh, he gave his perspective on that. And um, I thought that was really cool. I thought it's like how open he was with us. And I, I, I would like to think that the questions we asked him on the, on that interview were a little bit different than what you would have expected on on a normal music you know type of type of podcast and that's what we try to do is just try to do things a little bit different like just try to pull a perspective on it that maybe people hadn't thought of before 
I think really piggybacking off of that and going to what would now be, let's see, we did one, two, three, four, five, six. So this would be what would be the fourth uh, story uh, episode. And you weren't on at this point either. Um, and maybe you listened to it, maybe you didn't. But uh, it can piggyback into a different episode. You can talk about a little bit more for the same reason. But having King Gordy on, uh, he is a part of the like psycho. Uh, not Psychopathic Records, sorry. The NME record label, which is Twisted's uh, record label. Yeah, yeah. And basically, you know, I thought, you know, we get emails for, hey, would you be interested in talking to so-and-so from this new group or this person and, and, you know, whatever. And so uh, King Gordy is a successful rapper in his own right, uh, very much ensconced in that Juggalo rap scene. Uh, but he had done a new quote unquote new project called uh Lars last of the American rock stars yeah uh with bizarre from d twelve and so I thought honestly with me living in Michigan, I figured they would give me i mean King Gordy is in, in Detroit as well, so it's not like neither like one lives out of state, but I thought they would give me bizarre like that I figured was the more bigger name to to help push this this endeavor um so when I found out I was going to talk to King Gordy, I went to uh, a friend of mine at work who is big into that whole juggalo rap scene and so forth and just kind of picked his brain. I was like, okay, like this is kind of what I think I'm going to talk about. Like, is this stupid or like, is this a good question or, you know, so on and so forth. Just kind of like did my due diligence like I did with the Hope Swallow episode, but just in a completely different spectrum of uh, music. And the interesting thing about King Gordy that I've always, you know, in the brief research I was doing on him is that he's just very – outspoken uh very himself doesn't give a fuck about <laughs> offending anyone or saying shit right. and so as a result you know somehow we got to talking about um i think i had asked something to, along the lines of like do you think uh twisted being so close protege wise like with the icp thing and learning how to run a successful label and all the different stuff do you feel that that has allowed them to make all the right steps and putting the right roster together with MME and so forth and all you guys? Because it seems like it's a big family and it doesn't seem like Psychopathic Records is like that anymore like it used to be. And then he just went down this whole thing of being like, well, I think ICP, what they should have done was let them take over, Twisted that is, take over on Psychopathic and be like the A brand. ICP takes a back seat, makes only grows their brand and value, uh, and basically, like if they were to only come out at Gathering of the Juggalos or to do something big, it just makes them worth exponentially way more money. Yeah. And uh, Fago lovers, thank shout out to them. Uh, they ended up sharing the conversation, and that thing blew the fuck up. And as I've learned yeah. with anything related to any of that, that horror core, horror core, and any of that kind of stuff, uh, Juggalo world. Their fans are rabid, and they are like us, like with the Asley Dying thing. Like their fans and all the bands and artists' fans spend so much time debating and talking about these things, and so for basically someone to kind of put it into perspective, like Twisted is is the shit now, and they're the the, the group that's going to carry everything forward. And ICP is kind of getting stale, and, and maybe should have just financially realized that the best business is to put them and make them the face of something, and kind of step back. And it was really crazy to see the 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 outreach and the outpour of people just commenting on it. And like I was getting tagged in shit on Twitter where people were like saying like myself and like king gordy and other people were like oh we're just like dick riding faggots for twisted and shit and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> like so i would like i was getting tossed into this shit and i was like wow and well, like that's true, right 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was just really interesting to see how crazy that episode went. Like, I mean, that I think that is the highest downloaded uh, episode of this year. Like to put it in perspective, like I mean, That's some of the story, good. some of the stories we're talking about, like yes, they went further reaching on different outlets, but as far as pure downloads, that single handedly is like the best episode to date. Oh yeah, I mean, it that kind of blew my mind when you told me that because I was like, wow, like I, you know more so than the Joey Gonzalez more so than you know but like that's crazy to me that that it would pull that much but like that just what i said you know on even on the twisted episode was that like this community cannot be denied no no and you know i've gotten and i think the other thing too and i kind of wanted to hit on it too cuz we collectively between you and i have gotten a lot of praise for this on the twisted episode especially on youtube is everybody commending the fact that we approach it and say it flat out like we're not super knowledgeable on this realm of music. We don't know a whole lot about these bands, but instead of shitting on it for being something we don't know, that we were like, like you were very adamant on that episode of saying like, you know, I have more respect. I didn't want to do the episode. Now I kind of been bummed when I heard it. Like, oh, this would have been so much fun. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of people were really giving us credit for, for that because they themselves aren't used to hearing outsiders talk like that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to do it at all. Like, I was like, oh, you, doing this? you know, like, and I remember being like, this is not something I want to even want to be associated with. And I like even said flat out on the episode, like, I was like, I don't get it <laughs> yeah, like at all. But after seeing the community and seeing the outpouring of support that was there and sometimes not support. I mean, sometimes, you know, people are fucking terrible sometimes. But like, <laughs> for the most part, though, like, it was very eye-opening to me because like i always thought of like the fago community and all that shit like that it was um like even now i'm calling it shit like look at me <laughs> but, like, but like i thought of it as something that like had passed over already like something that didn't really exist now right in 2018 so when we did that twisted episode i was kind of like okay so there really is still a market for this there's an active community and there's a lot of them yeah so, like, I need to fucking change my perspective at least a little bit on it and maybe try to get it. And I'm not quite there yet. I still don't totally get it. But after listening to that King Gordy episode and, and then, you know, the Twisted one, I was like, I don't have a problem with these dudes at all. Right. You know, like, I, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. So kind and of... that's just small progress. Yeah, kind of actually putting myself in, in your shoes of, of how you've been with some of these guests being a little trepidatious and being like, I, I've just never really been a fan of this. I, I don't get it. Um, going to probably, I think the, the third biggest uh, episode that we had this year, Craig Owens, uh, formerly of Chiodos, formerly of drugs, uh, yeah, currently yeah. bad channels. Um, that was one where in a Facebook group, I'm a part of full of a lot of media people, uh, Ray Roldan, I think is how you say his name, um, had basically just signed uh, Craig to like as a management publicist, whatever. And I figured so many people were gonna jump at the opportunity to interview him, and that I wasn't gonna have the I wasn't big enough to get someone like Craig. And right. so I remember sending an email to Ray, and I was like, I'm probably not on the level that you would want. Craig to be associated with but like because I've been following for some reason like it's it's almost like a 
that whole thing of like we follow and, and know so much about things that we don't care about for some reason like i've never been a big chiodos fan i live here in michigan like i've just it's always been that thing where it's like yeah i know who they are and i, I you know i've seen all the photos and uh magazine covers with craig and all that kind of stuff but it's just yeah, it's never my thing same but it was one of those things where somehow i started like he he always was an intriguing guy and i liked him as a guy um and so I was following him. I've been following him on all of his socials for a long time. And so the project, this bad channels thing, I have been aware of for a long time. And so like as he's raised like, oh, he's got this new thing. I remember sending him an email and I was like, you know, I've known of this project for a while. I've kind of seen it progress to these various things. Like, you know, I'd like to talk to Craig if, if you know, if you would let me. And thankfully he did. And, you know, I did a lot of my preparation. But like I just – did what I think I always do, which is I just kind of paid attention to him. You know, yeah. I, I just did a little bit of digging and it's like, okay, you pay attention to what he's posting, pay attention to the things that he does. And, and it kind of will tell you the story that he's trying to tell that you can just kind of get it out of him. And it was really weird. Cause like at times I felt really pretentious myself about being like, Oh, well I knew about this product, this thing before anybody else and whatever. And I've kind of tried to learn not to be so that, but um, the thing is though, is that was one of the first interviews where I, I really felt like I, I did something like when, when it was done, I was like, that was, that was like magic in a bottle, I guess. I, I don't really know how to describe it. Like there is something that happened in that interview for, for both Craig and I, like that is just like Craig uses it. And like, I know one of the managers that was working with, with them, with like was using it in EPKs because of how well we were able to talk about where Craig came from with Chiodos to like with the emo night stuff where I talked about the reimagining of uh Baby You Wouldn't Last a Minute on the Creek or whatever that song is that he did in, in the YouTube video I talked about where I was like, Oh, did you redo it this way so that way people like it? You can be like, Well we'll go check out my new thing, Bad Channels. Like this it's very much in the same vein. And, you know, just to have someone tell me like oh my god you you get it you get everything i'm trying to do like it felt so good and i know it felt good for craig because like when he was done like he was just like that was so great that he shared it on like everything and paid money like to me sent me a text and was like congratulations i've never seen an artist actually spend money to sponsor them promoting the episode that you did with them yeah that was cool and it was it was just so weird and, it, and uh, i remember being jealous too like because i saw that you know, through all the socials that you're reshared and stuff and being like, fuck, I need to like start getting more people on my podcast, you know, cause like, <laughs> you know, but it, it's that, but that was very unusual, you know, uh, for what we normally get, you know, like you can't expect the artist to share everything, but like it definitely was like, that was, that was around the time that I started like really paying attention to Johnson's Huddle podcast, you know, cause I was like, Oh man, like, um, I always tell this story, but like, I remember actually being like, cause I mean, I, I became aware of the podcast probably January or February of this year. Yeah. So and, not too, about probably five months into the whole thing. Yeah. And like, I, uh, I remember being like, cause I think we had, had an episode with, uh, Rob Rivera of Nonpoint, which posted, um, really early in January and I remember the next like the next day or something it was just like Johnson's Hell Podcast Rob Rivera and like I remember being like kind of irritated by it like <laughs> you know um, you know who is this fucking guy what, what is he doing and then like 
like with that with that whole thing with Greg, you know, it's just like, damn, like, you know, how's he doing this? You know, <laughs> it, 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 you know, and that's that's when I started listening to it and, and being like, because I listened to that interview. I don't know if it was the first. I don't know if it was the first episode I listened to or not. Uh, it's all kind of hazy from back then, but like, um, I remember being like, wow, okay, so this is like some really, you know, um, in-depth interviewing. Because I mean, like before that, the only the only podcast I listened to that really did that was uh, was Toomey's podcast, and you know, like I mean, he still continues to do it, you know. Um, is that that kind of like really in depth, kind of under the skin? But like, what I liked about what I liked about that interview was this that like how informed because like I didn't know that you weren't a big Chios fan, you know, Not at all <laughs> going into that interview. But like, I didn't I didn't get that from listening to it, and um, so it was kind of shocking to me to find out later that like, oh yeah, yeah like he's you know, uh, <laughs> but but it, but I mean it's cool and like it's just like a testament of of like you know where how, how far you've come as far as interviewing people and and kind of getting into the nitty-gritty and and that's what I, I i loved that and i remember being like really jealous of like you know like the guy because <laughs> i remember at that point i was like man the guy we just had on our podcast didn't share shit you know like, <laughs> and you like being irritated or whatever but like yeah to keep in mind whenever i say stuff like that is the discography discussion is a massively different type of podcast oh, totally you know, and so, you know, I can't really expect that, you know, from what we do over there. But, uh, you know, like that, that was definitely one of the first episodes that I, I couldn't help but, but stop and take notice. Like, oh, wow. You know, like. That and, was, that was too. It was so weird because like when I got done with that, that, that was where I felt like something changed. That, that was the turning point of what I was doing versus how I knew it could be or what I wanted it to try to be every time. And it's, it's so weird because it's like, I don't know if it comes, I mean, it, this is the first, actually, I think this is the first we've actually ever talked about that episode at all. So, I mean, this yeah, is, this yeah. is news to me, but it's one of those things that, you know, I felt it and I don't know if people can feel it when they listen to it because sometimes at times, and this is, this is the, and Craig had to kind of put it into perspective for me, uh, which sounds kind of shitty, but I was getting really bummed that a lot of his fans were getting shitty about me. Like, oh, he's talking too much or he this uh, this entitledness that he has or whatever. And it definitely has made me try not to be like that uh since um but you know, it's like Craig said he goes at the end of the day the only two people that matter are the two people having the conversation and he goes and I can't yeah. speak for you he goes but I I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I thought it was really great. You came, you knew what you you listened, you got things, you got things that I have been doing as an artist and you know, as someone who has done countless interviews for a decade plus, like that's not always like that that what happened in that interview doesn't always happen. Had frequently it does not happen. So, you know, like that speaks volumes about you and your preparedness and or over preparedness, I guess, at times. But it was, like I said, that was that was one looking back and even I went back and listened to it the other day and I was just like, man, there that was that was the turning point for me for the podcast where I was like, I think I finally I think I I think I can continue to do this longer because of an episode like this. Well, yeah, I mean, it was definitely like a big deal, at least at least it was to me because I I definitely felt like. You know, and I'm not just saying it to stroke the ego or whatever, but like, you know, like it was definitely before I was on the podcast and it, it made, 
it made me take notice because like before that, I really wasn't listening to too many other people's podcasts, you know? And so that kept me on, a, kept me on as a listener. But, you know, to, to your point about people being shitty about like, Oh, he talks too much or this or that or this or that. Like for me, I had to become engaged with the host because on the next interview, I don't have Greg on there. Right. Uh, I've got the guy that I was with the first, you know, the first episode I listened to. So I think to a certain extent, it is important for the host to reveal somewhat of themselves, you know, in these interviews so that you get kind of a feel for like what kind of interview style they have or, you know, um, because they're who we're going to be listening to, you know, listening to the intros and the outros and, and whatnot. And, you know, it definitely kept me on board. I mean, that's whenever I became aware, I started listening and then, um, I was going to reach out to you to do an episode of the podcast. And then I think like the week before I did that, you were on, um, Toomey's podcast as a co-host. And, uh, that was a little bit later, but like you were on Toomey's podcast and I was like, well, fuck, I got, I, we got to get him on. And then that was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, right before we did the Asley dying episode. And, you know, obviously the rest is history, you know, but you know, it's just that, that was one of the first episodes that I really like kind of had no choice, but to stop and take notice. Right. That's good to know. I mean, it was, <laughs> that it was felt, and you know, it's kind of the the other reason I kind of wanted to go through these too. I mean, it's funny because earlier, leading up to us doing this this conversation, we were debating: do we do a top ten records of the year? And you know, I was kind of like, we could do that, and, and maybe we still might. I don't know. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, I feel like it with the new, with us being on Metal Nexus now, with us having. Like almost 150 episodes in the archive, uh, you know, it just turns into one of those things. It's like it just seems like a really good time to look back at this this year in the podcast because so much has changed. I mean, it's like from like when you came on in like January, February ish. Like I'd only been doing this like five six months, and you can this year alone really you can see a huge growth, leaps bounds. So much has changed that I was like, I feel like it almost be a disservice to really for both of us to look back at the year that where it was just me, where it was what got you into it, bringing you in like, you know, with the hopes fall episode, then the uh, Blasco interview and to even talking about now, like, you know, that we're on metal nexus, the, the, the name change, like this has been a really interesting year for the, this podcast. Like it's just, it's wild. And, I, and it's like, every time I kept thinking about it, it's like, I think this is the perfect time to look back on it and give people really kind of a behind the scenes, not only of the, the big, episodes but just kind of maybe entice you to be like okay i'm gonna go check out this episode i I'm, I'm not a craig owens fan but you know you two are talking about it from the different perspectives that you each had now i'm intrigued now i'm gonna go back and listen to it and it's like okay like that's kind of i don't know sometimes like that's kind of why i want to in include more of us in these things um because i think i don't know i just think i think it kind of i don't know I just kind of kept coming back to that, so I'm really kind of glad, you know, we're we're kind of getting into this and kind of, you know, looking back on some of these things, like you know, like some of the things where you even you're like, oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of speaking to, and you know, we got like two, three more to go. Um, you know, kind of another fun one that was interesting to look back on for a myriad of reasons, honestly. Um, Filibonzi, all that remains, breaking yeah. the news that uh, the new record was done and. Boy, did we not know how fast that was getting ready to come out. Yeah, dude, that thing dropped immediately. And I remember, like, when he said that, I was like, oh, fuck, what's this pop rock bullshit going to sound like now? 
and man, was I wrong. Like I've I've been really wrong about shit this year. <laughs> I mean, at least on this podcast, I can't speak to discography discussion. Well, I mean, I was dead wrong on the actually dying stuff for sure. But... <laughs> so that that's credibility, you know. Subscribe right now. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was a really interesting one. I mean, it's kind of horrible audio of a uh, you know of us being at the intersection here in Grand Rapids uh, with the drum basically being in a green room right on stage uh, as a band was playing. Um, can hear a pretty cool Deftones cover if I remember correctly uh, being played right before the end of the band set. But uh, it was kind of interesting hearing uh, Phil basically. You know, I, I I had to submit the questions. The interview got approved super last minute. I think like less than twenty four hours, um, and was one of those I had to submit questions and I'm you know I, like I have been saying you know I've been trying to get in the habit of just kind of being more present in asking things and seeing where the answers lead me but sometimes I have to submit answers uh or questions beforehand so that way they know like if they want the person to even do an interview with me right. and so you know everything I asked is exactly what I wrote down so I was pleasantly surprised that when I was like oh you know like you know, is this? I think this is the end of your touring cycle, roughly. Like, you know, are we our new songs already being written? What does the new record sound like, maybe, or the new ideas? And then he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's done. It's been done for a little bit. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> like I, I'm sure my face probably couldn't have been more like, holy shit, because <laughs> that's not the answer I was expecting at all. Yeah, you struck gold and you weren't even mining. Yeah, and I was bitcoining, and uh, you know the the. Other interesting thing, uh, in in light of the news of us, you know, changing the name and announcing that and the socials and and all that kind of stuff, uh, I've had a couple people reach out to me and ask me how, even though we talk about it in the interview, so I thought it was kind of weird around the episode, but uh, ask me how soon before the chat I did with Aaron from All That Remains did the Oldie incident happen. And I was like, dude, it was kind of wild because, like, you know, we're we're kind of enwrapped up with the or with Hesley dying with uh, all the remains stuff between you know basically getting breaking the news that the new all that remains record was done, then a single gets dropped. So then it was kind of weird because we got double dipped on that, where people would be like earlier last week or something like that on this, and then they would reshare the story. Uh, with the single being dropped almost everywhere, so we got like a we were really ensconced in in all that remains world for like probably like two and a half three weeks, uh, yeah. and then basically me talking with Aaron Patrick the bass player, um, which was a fun chat too. So go back and listen to that one. A um, little bit of a another kind of all over the place chat, but um, while we were preparing to do the intros and get that episode out. Uh, that was when Oli passed away, and during my interview with Phil, Oli was literally in the room the whole time just practicing guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a really, I don't know, it, you know how, like I said, during the Asley Dying thing, like when we were talking about that earlier, like how, like that's my life. Like my, like my life is full of weird things that happen like that, where in the moment you don't think anything of it, but then it's like as certain things keep happening, you're like, that's really weird that this this panned out the way it did so it's like the fact that i basically you know had the unique opportunity to interview phil but like there's only and then at the very end you know it's like hey you know i'm john you know blah 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 you know just pleasantries while you're in a room with somebody um sure. and then it's just like oh man like and then weeks later it's like oh now he's dead and then it was even weirder to see you know matt from cky who used to be in all that remains start sharing all this what i thought was like fodder for like just bullshit 
uh, like conspiracies and stuff about like, oh, maybe he was murdered or whatever. And then it's like now that that story has taken the, the crazy turns that that thing has, it's just like, oh my gosh, like this is oh, yeah. wild. There's um, a YouTube rabbit hole on all that. that I haven't gone happens. down it yet. No. Yeah. But that was that Same. was a that was a really crazy like month basically of just all that remains stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was a very interesting uh, episode and time frame that you know, kind of when thinking about that, it was just like, oh man, that was such a like yeah, a bad just, time period. Just weird timing. We had the, we, had the uh, we came as Romans thing. Yep. You know, go down around the same time, and it's just there's just too much. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how to which one of these two I wanted to talk about, so I'll quickly talk about either one or both. Um, one of the first really big guests that I had gotten on the podcast, uh, Jose from Incubus. Oh yeah. Uh, granted, it was only 15 minutes, but I got something out of that interview that that kind of caught the attention of the PRP and a few other places, and and talking about the possibility of in 2019, will we get a Make Yourself 20 year tour? And the fact that apparently the the band had been discussing it. So I'm really interested to see if we really will get a Make Yourself tour. I mean, I'll I'll gladly go oh, to yeah, that. I'd be here for that for yeah. sure. That was yeah, like you said, one of the shorter interviews. But I mean, that that was the piece of the puzzle that you know it'd be really nice to have that tour. Yeah. Um, you know, let's say, I mean, just seriously, just announce it. I'll fucking buy my tickets <laughs> right now, you know. And speaking, you know, we're going to wrap this episode up um, as we took a look back at the podcast 2018. Uh, we are brutally speaking, B-R-E-W. So we didn't talk about it in the beginning because I kind of wanted to roll right into the, the meat and potatoes of what we wanted to do with this. But, uh, Dan, what were you drinking tonight? Uh, I had about four cans of Arrogant Bastard Ale. Uh, which is made by Stone Brewery. It's a pretty, uh, it, it's it's a kind of an aggressive ale. It's not a it's not an IPA or anything like that, but it's uh, it's a little rough. Uh, seven point two percent, and um, it's one of my favorite beers because uh, on discography discussion, that's actually where I'm at right now. I'm at the discography discussion studio, and uh, you know we just did our one hundredth episode uh, tonight, and so I drank quite a few of these arrogant bastard ales and. It's definitely one of my favorites, almost more so for the aesthetic than it is anything else. Um, you know, it's <laughs> uh, it's definitely a uh, like it's funny because like there's like a banner on the bottom of it that says "You're not worthy." It's got this <laughs> demon on the front of it holding a giant mug of beer, and uh, it's like "You're not worthy." And then I just love what it says at the bottom. It's like a you know, questions or comments. If you don't like this beer, keep it to yourself. <laughs> we don't want to hear from any sniveling yellow beer drinking wimps because this beer wasn't made for you. That's great. And, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites, man. It, it definitely lines up really well with kind of the persona that I put on uh, for discography discussion. <laughs> and uh, it, it works out really well. It's definitely one of my favorite beers to drink while I'm podcasting. I, uh, unfortunately, through the last just handful of days, drinking quite a bit, celebrating my anniversary with my wife. Um, if you go to our social media pages, uh, trying to incorporate a little bit more of the various drinks we're having and so forth. But uh, I'm uh, taking it easy tonight, just enjoying a nice Diet Coke. But uh, the other night, if you go to our Instagram page, Bruce Speak Pod, keep it real easy, but we'll get to the socials in a second. Um, 
I had a I've made a New Year's resolution that I want to learn more about craft cocktails and the actual making of it and so forth. Um, so one of the drinks that I have been looking at, I had one of my favorite bartenders who I think I'm going to have on the podcast here in the next little bit uh, to share a, a drink recipe with us because I think something I'd like to do is maybe have a, a drink of the week for the podcast and have various bartender friends and so forth uh, recommend a beer or a drink that they are feeling outside of us. Um, so Ariel at a uh, bar Devani or Devani here in Grand Rapids. Uh, we, I showed her the recipe for a Giro di Italia. Uh, basically it is two ounces of bourbon, three quarter ounce, fresh lemon juice, three quarter ounce agave syrup. Uh, here's where it gets interesting. The drink actually calls for two cherry tomatoes. Uh, she didn't have any. So she's asked if, uh, how I felt about beets and I am not a fan of beets, but I was like, you know what? Go ahead and do what you think is going to be good for this drink. So she, instead of actually adding beet juice, which would have really given it that beet flavor, uh, she actually just put a little bit of a beet in it uh, and kind of gave it a nice red, uh, like kind of like a light red color to it. And uh, five fresh basil leaves. Um, basically it comes in a uh, like a rocks glass over like a square cube of ice. Uh, it was really good. Really, really, really good. Uh, had a really nice, like, smoky flavor, uh, which was kind of odd because it wasn't smoked and nothing was smoked, but uh, it was kind of interesting just to get that. Um, used bullet bourbon, so that's probably where the smoky flavor came from. Um, but it was just a really good, interesting drink uh, as a whole. So that was uh, something I had this week that I was really uh, shocked and wild by, where I was like, wow, that was that's really good. Um, speaking to everything else, though, we are going to wrap up this episode. If you would like to follow us on all of the socials, uh, you can find us at all new handles now. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BrewSpeakPod. Super easy. I wanted to make it easy for everybody because that shit sucks when you have like 19 different <laughs> social media handles uh, to learn. So we are simply available at BrewSpeakPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, thank you to everybody uh, who has been recommending us liking the page uh we were really apprehensive about starting all new socials but um everyone's been really supportive and, and liking those please continue to do that that is how this podcast grows um big shout out to metal nexus to fist at metal nexus and everybody at metal nexus for welcoming dan and i so lovingly to the metal nexus family and we are so humbled and encouraged by all of the outpour of support um now we just have to create content that lives up to the hype, and uh, that's kind of like another reason why we wanted to do this, just to kind of give you an idea of where we came from and what we hope to continue to keep doing in this new year. Um, and if you would also like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you can find them at MetalNexus.net. It is the home, the official home for the Brutally Speaking podcast. Uh, you can listen to us now on Spotify. That is something new that we did uh, that we really wanted to do for this year, too, is get on Spotify. have, have another avenue for everyone to listen to the podcast so we are basically available everywhere you can listen to podcasts uh itunes soundcloud spotify stitcher Castbox. like if it is a youtube if it is a place you can listen to a podcast we are there um so we're looking forward to a very successful year and capping off uh what has been a really successful year for us and uh dan where can people follow you specifically oh well you can follow me at discuss metal dan on twitter you can follow me under Daniel Terry under Facebook, and you can find my other podcast, Discography Discussion, at discussmetal.com. And if you would like to keep up with me, pretty much I made it to where uh, Dan and I are tagged on the podcast social, so just click that. Find me if you want yeah. to. Uh, you're going to find basically records and 
whatever else I like. So with all of that, uh, I'm going to try to do away with the songs that we used to play at the end of the thing. Uh, so we're going to play it to a song that I remembered that I think is very fitting for this podcast. Uh, so I found a song. It was off of It Dies Today's Lividity record. It was a bonus hidden track at the very end of the record. It's called Thanks for Drinking. Uh, it's a different take on the song that you probably would find if you found Search for that song. Uh, but I couldn't think of a more apropos end to this podcast now, as brutally speaking. So we're going to end to that. And a quick shout-out to Maruso over at The Bean Bastard. They are our sponsor of the podcast. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com, pick you up some delicious coffee. Go over to Twitter and Instagram, simply the Bean Bastard. Let them know that the Brutally Speaking podcast sent you, and we would greatly appreciate it. Again, like all of our socials, keep up, rate, review, subscribe. We're going to hammer that on all the other episodes we do from here on out. Thank you again, and to 2019, we are looking forward to entertaining you with a wide array of guests that we have lined up. So for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Dan. Have a week. There we go. We've had the pain for On my watch. Thank you for drinking with me. Thank you for thinking it's free. Well, it's time for a paper solo. Tommy, hit me. My fellow, I'll lift my kilt, fucking kilt, to say hello. Thank you for drinking with me. Thank you for thinking it's free. Someone in the face with a bottle or something. Oh, your face, will you?